you just want a little bit more of the Patricks in your life. We understand how it is. Bagaloa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Pat's interference. I, I think Alabama makes it to the college football playoff. I've got what I feel could be the number one playmaker in college football. Baker Mayfield. Dude's a stud. I'm 5'7", 130. Do you think I'm big enough to be either David Robinson or Tim Duncan? Get ready. It's going to be a good year. Hello, everyone, and welcome into year four, episode 25 of Pat's Interference, your favorite college football podcast. Happy Chris Mahana Kwanzaa Dawn to everybody. Happy holidays. Uh, hope everybody's having a good one. But more important than that, it's bowl season. Got a big old bowl episode for you. Uh, all the bowls that have gone on, we're going to review those and preview the bowls that we still got left. Also go over the playoffs because Brick and I will be spending the next extended period of time uh, with our family celebrating Christmas. So going to go ahead and get those playoff predictions before the national championship. But for right now, got a lot of college football to go through. It's also signing day. So much on the docket. My name is Patrick Norwood. I'm joined by my beautiful and wonderful co-host from Birmingham, Patrick Brickman. Pat, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, and I love the way you introduced this podcast, buddy. Hey, everybody. Happy, uh, We're all you about know, being PC. Right, uh, right. If, no, 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 no. But you, but you went farther like... than that, brother. You went, you went, um, happy whatever you said. Chris Mahana Kwanzadon. Happy Chris Mahana Kwanzadon, and whatever religious holiday you celebrate but the only thing more important than your religious holiday of choice is the new mexico bowl presented by progressive uh yes the the mitsubishi motors las vegas bowl the boca raton bowl that's the cherubundi yes uh i tasted cherubundi if you guys don't know i just spent the last like six days covering uab in boca raton for the boca raton the cherubundi boca raton bowl um presented by cherubundi presented by cherubundi Listen, they don't sponsor our podcast, so I can say this. You know who does sponsor our podcast, by the way? A&W Bad Root Boys Beer. Mowers. Mm. I have a different soda every time we record. No. Um, that sounded like a Gatorade bottle. I am. It was. It's a bottle, like a, like a plastic bottle of A&W yep. Root Beer. It was Bogo at Publix the other day. Um, God, I miss Publix. Yeah, I bet you do. I had a pub sub for dinner, by the way. Oh, shut your mouth. Yep, uh, chicken tender sub. Well, where was I going with this? We're off to a great start here on episode 25 and year four of Pat's Interference. I was talking about Cherubundi, the drink. Yes. I'm not a bev- fan. I'm not a fan. Yeah, no one is. But it, each bottle has 25 tart cherries in it. I mean, it's not like it's a bad boy mower, which everybody needs one of those. I actually do need a bad boy mower. If they want to sponsor this podcast and send me their product, I will. I, I, my 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 lawnmower's broken. Like, um, listen, it's not like a Las Vegas bowl. What is what is what is even a Las Vegas? I've never. I've listen. Never heard of one. The Gasparilla right. Bowl. These Here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna go through. I'm gonna talk about all of these. I'm just gonna say the two teams and the score. If you want to stop and talk about them. Stop me and we'll talk about it. Okay, I'm ready. First up on our docket, Tulane taking on Louisiana Lafayette. 41-24 Tulane wearing those badass jerseys, man. Daggum, those logos are good. I'm only going to stop you because Louisiana does not want to be called Louisiana Lafayette. You put some respect. You dropped the Lafayette. I have done my research. Are you ready for this? I'm about to blow your mind. Sure. The athletic department still goes by Louisiana Lafayette. 
Whoa. The school is the University of Louisiana. Bruh. No one knows that, what it means. Oh, it's no. provocative. Oh, that was nice. Gets Whoa. the people going. Yes. Gets the people going. Uh, listen, uh, we got the New Mexico Bowl up next. Utah State putting a whooping on North Texas, 52-13. Uh, you've got the Las Vegas Bowl. Herm Edwards not ending the season the way they wanted to. Fresno State going up top on the Sun Devils, 31 to 20 forks up anyway. I love how Arizona State fires a coach for going seven and six, gets another coach who's supposed to be a legend, gets super excited and acts like he's the greatest coach in the world because he went well seven and 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 six. The Camellia Bowl, Georgia Southern, went in a tight one, 23-21. Did you see that game? Uh the Camellia Bowl? No, I did not. It was great. It was great. Georgia Southern first, first year uh, I've running. ever missed the Camellia Bowl, but no. Running their brand of uh, football, which is painful to everyone who doesn't like the triple option. Uh, and Eastern Michigan running their brand of football, which is to lose in a bowl game that nobody cares about. I'm, I'm New going Orleans to, Bowl. I'm, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you. Because uh, when you announce these bowls, I don't want you to skip the sponsor in the front. You know, we need to hear the entire I, bowl. Or I am not interested. If unless you're going to say the Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl, then I don't recognize what you're saying to me. If I'm gonna I'm gonna name two bowls. If you can tell me the sponsor for both bowls, I will do this for you. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. The Independence Bowl. Who's the sponsor? Uh, Walk-ons. Yeah. No. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm sure it is, but I'm just not doing this. That's my point. Well, I want you to. Listen to how ridiculous you just sounded. There's no way you're getting me to do this. The Academy Sports Outdoors Texas Bowl? Are you kidding me? It will always be the Beef O'Brady's Bowl to me, sir. <laughs> all right, whatever, but I'm going to... You should. Uh, Boone, all the people in Boone very happy despite losing their coach. As App State goes up top on Middle Tennessee, 45-13. Murfreesboro, not a not a great place, as you found out firsthand a couple weeks ago. It's fine. It rained a lot. It's standard at best. I don't remember the last time I was in Murfreesboro and it wasn't raining. I guess that's their thing, like Seattle. Congrats to your UAB Blazers. Yes, we're talking about this one, baby. 37-13 against Northern Illinois. The game wasn't ever close. And the fact that Bill Clark got... This makes me even more mad about my sound off a couple weeks ago. Not because Brian Kelly undeservedly won a coach of the year, but because it didn't go to Bill Clark. Yeah. No, I mean, you got to think about it. The, the guy stuck with the program that decided... That, that was was canceled. It was disbanded. I mean, the program was, was sunk. Um... And he stuck it with it. He didn't play yeah. football for two years. And now in his second year back, they won 11 games. And really were a bunch of, you know, a couple bad injuries away from winning 12 games. They won their first ever bowl, their first ever conference championship. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun to, to come in. And, you know, like Alabama, Alabama and Auburn covering them the last couple months has been fun too. But it's, it's just UAB's got a different, I don't know, it was really cool being at that bowl on uh, Tuesday. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a great story. It's a great story. I can't wait to see. What do you sort of expect from UAB from here on out, though? I expect, you know, um, them to be a... I think their ceiling is is a G5 kind of threat team, you know, that, that crawls up. Like, you know, how Houston will come in and, and, and look like a, a 
borderline pretty good team, and um, you know they're not going to do what UCF's done the last two years. I know you hate UCF, but they're not going to do what UCF's done the last two years. Um, I think that's their ceiling, and I think at their floor right now, the way they're playing, I think they're just a Conference USA contender year in and year out. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a fair assessment. I think that's a fair assessment. I don't think, I don't know if we're going to see another 11 win season like this, but the fact that it even happened in the first place, much less how quickly it happened after the team got back together, is uh, nothing short of a miracle. One Let, of these days they'll, they'll get the upset over that big, like Power Five team. Like they, they played Texas A&M pretty tough a couple weeks ago. I mean, it was they, they lost by maybe like 17, 20. They played them pretty tough. Um, you know, into that second half. and I could um, see them beating, like, a one-loss Ole Miss late in the season one year. That'd be great. That'd be amazing. You know, uh, like you Memphis. Know, an 8-1 and one Ole Miss Rebels team, uh, you know, hosts UAB for homecoming and loses by three in overtime. Kind of like uh, Denver Broncos legend Paxton Lynch did while in <laughs> Memphis. <laughs> Ah, uh, can can you hit me with a little bit of Obi Wan? Because oh, honestly, that's just uh, that's a name I've not heard in a long time. R.I.P. Paxton Lynch. Uh, all right, let's let's move on. The DXL Frisco Bowl. I there got you go. back, buddy. I like it. Ohio twenty-seven to nothing over the Aztecs of San Diego State. Uh, one of the few games I did not watch. Um. And that, uh, oh, nope, we got a few more. I'm sorry. The bad boy Morris Gasparilla Boyle. Bowl. Yeah, Boyle. Good night. Uh, Marshall taking it to USF. Marshall actually had a pretty decent season this year, my friend. I don't know if you noticed that, but quietly, w- was Marshall good? Yeah, Marshall was good. I like Marshall. I, I think they could do some business next year, too. Remember a um, couple... Uh, Couple years, every now and then they throw together one of these one of these years where they where they really make some noise. Who is the guy? Yeah. Who is the guy? Rakeem Cato. Remember a couple years? Oh like, yeah, that's a great name. Yeah. Now that's a name I've great not name. heard. In but we haven't heard it in a while. Time. Haven't heard it in a long time. Uh, yeah, they finished with you know uh, nine and four records, second in the conference. I mean, they they played pretty well this season. Tough you know, play for to Blake Barnett to finish his season though in South in, in South Florida. Because you Man, know, South I, just, was, I feel so bad for Blake Barnett. You know, South, South Florida was doing some stuff. Remember, South Florida was making some stuff happen until they ended the season on a uh, on a five game losing streak. Mm-hmm. Do you believe Charles Strong is in trouble in Tampa? I, what? So they start seven and one. They finish seven and six. Uh, I don't think I don't think South Florida ne- necessarily thinks they're going to go out and get a better caliber coach. So I would say no. Unless, I mean, they were seven and zero oh at one point, but. Were they? They were seven and zero and lost their last six games. Oh, you're right. Yeah, they were seven and zero. They lost yeah. their last six games. Because remember, they had that crazy win over. Uh, oh, forgive me. I can't remember who it was, but they had a, a wild win. It may have been over. Uh, I was in Tuscaloosa for the Missouri game. It was the Tulsa game. Tulsa. They yes. won by one, and they had that late pass down the sideline. That's right. Uh, and then set up a field goal and kicked it and won it, something that Alabama will never be familiar with. Sad tier. Uh, the Makers Wanted Bahamas Bowl. Jade Stoner and I visiting the Bahamas very soon on a cruise. Very excited. Uh, Florida International beating Toledo by three. Um, not not really too much to discuss there, except the line, I think, at one point was uh, 65 and a half. 
Toledo scored with no time left and just ruined a bunch of people in Vegas this night. Listen, um, I want to stop you on the Bahamas Bowl now. Please do. I don't know if you've ever I'm, – I'm already going to start looking it up while I sit here. I don't know if you remember the Reddit thread last year from the fan that attended the Bahamas Bowl. I do remember it, and it, it was is, a nightmare, correct? In a good way for a fan. For a drunk fan, it is like the probably the best college football atmosphere – you could um uh see no i'm thinking about the uh was it the papa john's bowl that was a nightmare it might have been they like ran out of pizza at the concession stand before halftime this thread is titled i am currently at the bahamas bowl and i'm here to tell you why it's the greatest thing to ever happen to college football (laughs) brought beer right into the stadium the locals at the gate didn't even ask to check tickets one of them took a sip of my beer (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we walked all the way around the stadium until we reached a fenced-off area. A Royal Bahamas Defense Force guard said he, we should check behind the fence because he doesn't know what's back there. Upon walking past this fence, we ended up in the Ohio locker room. No questions asked. <laughs> People are constantly walking on the athletic track around the field and chugging beer. The security forces down there just keep laughing and high-fiving everyone. <laughs> Uh, it gets better. It gets better. I'll, I won't read them all. I urge you to, to Google Bahamas Bowl what, Reddit. What was the name the of it again? Um, I'm I'm currently at the Bahamas Bowl, and I'm here to tell you why it's the greatest thing to ever happen in college. It was last year's Bahamas Bowl, UAB versus Ohio. I, yes, actually. Yes. Um, I would have been at this game if I if the you know if I'd if been there a year earlier. Yeah. Um, the one of the um activities they had for fans in the stadium was archery. Like, like, like full on bow and arrow, aim it at the thing archery. We're going next year. I would love to go to this. We're game. going. We have to. And then it's got pictures of drunk fans, like jumping over the, the railing down on, you know, onto the sidelines and just running around with flags and nobody caring. It sounds great. That's just, that's the ultimate. That's just incredible. The famous Idaho potato bowl. Uh, BYU, the Storm and Mormons, 49-18 over Western Michigan. But the real storyline from this game, and I'm going to ask you your player uh, from the bowl season so far before we get into uh, the upcoming bowl games. Uh, My player so far from bowl season, this stat line, I read it on Twitter, and I I wasn't, I did not believe my own eyes. I I thought it was fake. I really did. Uh, Zach Wilson, right? BYU quarterback went 18 for 18, set a BYU record, throwing for 317 yards and four touchdowns. Woo! That's a regular Ty Detmer right there. <laughs> I just wow. thought of the first BYU quarterback that could come to my head. That's that's a uh, uh, who's the guy that plays for the Saints now? Yeah, the one that's doing everything. Uh, Taysom Hill. Tays yes, him. Him. He's he like, had two. Wasn't he the one that had two hail mary victory passes? Yeah, yeah. And then he's last he's year, now two years he's, ago. He's, he's now playing backup quarterback for um for Drew Brees, but he also behind one of the greatest kickoff. quarterbacks to ever play the game. He also returns kickoffs because New Orleans. Because he's just a dude. He's just that dude. So um, he's he's my player from. Uh, or I should say, of the bowl season so far. Who is your player? Who's your number one guy so far? 
Boy, I might be uh, I might be a little biased here, but I'm going with my man Xavier Ubosi with his seven catches, 227 yards, three touchdown performance for UAB on Tuesday. Big fan. had a couple of uh, had a couple of uh, touchdowns up the sideline, right? He had the first play of the game. He had a 70-yard touchdown in which he ran right in front of me and Scott Forrester, our photog, and looked into the eye of the camera, our camera, and like flexed and posed, and it was a great shot. So thank you, uh, Xavier. Yeah. Well, he's a big supporter of the podcast. He knew you were over there. Right. Thank you. Um, if you're listening, thank you for listening, and we'd love to have you on sometime. And also, yeah, you owe to. me $20. Xavier. Yeah. You both see. <clears throat> anyway, I think that just about covers all the games that have been played. All the good bowls. Yes. So now we just kind of have the the least the less exciting bowls to cover the ones that haven't been played you yet. Stop it. The best bowl of all time is tomorrow, my friend, at good old Legion Field. There are sixty seven tickets as low as fourteen dollars to this game right now. And boy howdy are you getting a deal as you get to watch the twenty eighteen Sweethearts Bowl presented by Sweethearts winner Wake Forest Demon Deacons take on the Memphis Tigers at noon. Very excited for that one. Uh, that is the Jared Birmingham Bowl. Fun fact, Jade's Company. McKinney, the, the new Jared ads? There, yeah. Yep, that's Jade's Company. Way, way to go, Jade. That's going to be the best part of this game. Now, actually, something cool. Sorry, I've got to brag on her for a second. She's 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 not with us anymore. Uh, she left. She went to bed. But she's not with us right now. Um, yeah, I just skipped a beat, brother. The uh, the commercial for the college football playoff that's coming up. That's uh, I put a spell on you is the song, uh-huh. and they're all like holding hands. And that's also Jade's company. Way to go, Jade. You could just so, say that she did it, and I would be fine with that. I mean, she did. She did all of it by herself. Can I tell you why this Birmingham Bowl game is just just a it's just the best of all time go on okay so if i'm if i'm a very 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 casual fan which you know me i am die hard fan of mid-december bowls sure you know pre-christmas bowl games i live for that but if i was casual and i wanted to watch the birmingham bowl i would go "Hmm, well you know Daryl Henderson finished 10th in the Heisman voting. Um, uh, Greg Dortch is a, is a very good receiver at Wake Forest, and, and they put up a lot of yards and points. This could be worth my watch. Neither of them are playing in this game. The two players that are even worth looking at, neither of them are playing. That's rough. Greg Dortch has got bigger fish to fry, my friend. Yeah, he's got a finger injury. Yep, bigger <laughs> fish. <laughs> that I mean that is a bigger fish to fry than the Jared Birmingham bowl but we almost get a butt bowl we get Buffalo and Troy and I know it's UB versus Troy but I'm just oh and then we get a great bowl the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces bowl you've got Houston who uh great staff from SB Nation our friends over at Shutdown Fullcast uh that we definitely listen to and they definitely listen to our podcast as well had a great stat the other day Houston has the fastest-paced offense statistically this year. You want to know who has the slowest-paced offense statistically this gotta year? Be, it's got to be Army. It's Army. I like how, okay, so I, we essentially, we both open up ESPN, and we go to the scoreboard, and we go down the scoreboard, and that's how we do these. And each game has a couple stats, and it's got you know the time, and it's got the name, and it's got the records, and it's got the channel, and then it, it has players to watch. 
Houston versus Army on players to watch for pass, it doesn't have anybody. No, that's about right. It's just uh, blank. Me... It's just there's nobody because Army has not thrown a pass since um, my grandfather was in the Army. And Houston lost their quarterback several weeks ago. So, you know. Uh, let me read you a stat that I loved that I read this week. I can't remember where I read it. But Army has 94 pass attempts this season. Right, they have six passing touchdowns. Rutgers has three hundred and fifty-one passes this season. Want to yeah. guess how many touchdowns they have? I think they have like four, five. five. They have five. <laughs> oh man, it's a disgusting. Just ugh. How how are you a Rutgers football fan if you still are? Lots. That's of a liquor. blue Christmas. Lots of liquor. That's a blue Christmas. I'll have a blue Christmas without you. We gotta stop doing these so early in the morning. No, we uh, we've got They're better the, that way. Uh, Dollar General boy, like I said, it's not a butt bowl, but it's basically a butt bowl. Uh, you can get ten tickets as low as thirty-one dollars, and Lad Pebble Stadium in Mobile, Alabama. That's Peebles. Peebles, excuse me. You're so right. Excuse me. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. How, how dare I think anything in Alabama would be pronounced how it's spelled? How, how dare you disrespect Actually, no, the legend of people? Say peoples. I'm just dumb. Yeah. And really... uh, the Hawaii Bowl, Hawaii, Louisiana Tech. I'm tired of these uh, uh, low tier bowl games. Can we please move on to the things worth talking about? We are burying the lead so bad on this podcast. Yeah. Let's go to the. Uh, you want to go to the. Oh, go to the bowl games you want to talk about, right? Yeah, I mean, I'll go down the list. Um, you know, there's a lot of bowl games left, people. There's going to be no um, uh, uh, doubt. Uh, so many, I mean, you get the Cheez-It Bowl coming up. And if you like sponsors, then this is the best time of the year for you. But the first one I'm going to stop on post-Christmas for a second is going to be Miami, Wisconsin. Sure. Um, and only because this one's interesting to me because... These are two teams that both entered top ten, right? This is the this is the new era pinstripe bowl, and it's yes. in New York. It's at Yankee Stadium. That's kind of cool, but um, two teams that really had national title hopes. I mean, you go you enter the season top ten. There's no other way to put it. You want to win the title. They both are seven and five. Who are you taking? I'm gonna. I'm going to take Wisconsin. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take Wisconsin. as little confidence as I can give them. I'm going to go Wisconsin double digits because, one, the game's played in New York, and the other team is Miami. Um, And then the other reason is because I think Jonathan Taylor can have a good enough game. He's the best player in this game. Yeah. You know, cold weather, running the ball, whatever. I see that happening. Uh, the the day after that, I will be I will be at this game. I'll be covering this game. It'll be Purdue against Auburn, and the Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl, and Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, Good chance I might see you that week, my friend. I really hope so. I I really hope so too. I I did not realize we're going to be in my hometown at the same time. But yes, the Music City Bowl. I haven't always seen a fun you. One. I haven't seen you since you started growing your facial hair. Oh, you haven't seen the beard. I mean, I've seen it in pictures. But not, you haven't felt it. 
No, I have not felt it. I have not felt it, uh, like, against my face or my neck. (laughs) (laughs) Which needs to be be, um, fixed. That has to be fixed. You're the weirdest kid. I, I don't... Moving on. I just want to nestle your face. Is this a final bow for Gus Malzahn? No, he's coming back next year. There's no final bow. This game almost doesn't matter to Gus Malzahn. His fate is sealed. He's going to die in Auburn. No, his fate is sealed. He has one year. They've set the timer, and it's, you know, they set the bomb, and it's ticking, and they set it for a year, and then it'll explode after the Iron Bowl next year, presumably. Purdue by 20. Wow. Purdue by 20? Uh, yeah, I'll give him that. Uh, I, you know, I'm actually gonna take. I'm gonna take Auburn in this one. It's the swan song for Jarrett Stidham. They were so embarrassed last year uh, with their kind of lack of effort given and then subsequent losing in the Peach Bowl against UCF. I think this team uh, just enough doesn't want to feel that. But then again, Purdue's had obviously a kind of a weird season. But I'll, I'll still stick with Auburn. Pretty not super confidently. Um, Iowa State, Washington State, a battle of two coaches that I think could easily be in better jobs if they wanted to be. Um, who are you taking? Uh, I'm going to take Washington State. I think I think that Mike Leach is going to go up top big in this one. I think he feels a, a little uh, a little gypped, a little hurt. I think they want to avenge the Washington loss. I still think the people in Pullman are, are, are very happy with the season they've had so far, but I think they're ready to avenge uh, avenge that Washington loss and end the season on a good note. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think Washington State will will uh, go above the 3.5 uh, spread that they have. Um, Florida, Michigan, and the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Hey, um, you, you skipped over somebody, and this is the last time I get to say the name. Oh, um, I did skip the- uh I did skip over it, so I will quickly put that jingle on my... Just uh, the Camping World Bowl. The Camping World Bowl. Very um, upset. It's going to be... Because you know, uh, you know who's not playing in this game? Bootstraps, bootstraps. Bootstraps, Bill, will not make an appearance, and that's going to make this game quite close, actually, but I'm taking West Virginia by a hair. Florida and Michigan playing... Florida, I read a stat. Did you read this stat today? I don't know. Yes, I Florida yes, I know, has played I Michigan stat. more... And since 2002, Florida has played Michigan more than both of the Mississippi teams and Auburn. Here's here's my question to you for this game. Who benefits more from a win in this game? Florida. Yeah, I would agree. Actually, I would agree big time. 100% Florida. I think if you're the Florida Gators, you get Felipe Franks to win this game. You get Dan Mullen to win this game. You get a top 10 win. You're in the top 10. You've solidified a top 10 position after people predicted you may not finish in the top 25 this season this is a huge get for michigan if you beat florida okay will you beat a team you're supposed to beat and you underperformed this season did michigan underperform uh hmm. let me rephrase because they, well, they lost now, to Notre Dame. They relative won't. to the beginning of the season no but going into the big to the game quote unquote oh they definitely uh, underperformed in that game yeah, that's what I mean, though, is if you look at it from the scope of from that game on to the rest of the season, yes, they underperformed. If you look at it from the scope at the beginning of the season on, no, they didn't, but, you know, it's ever fluid. It's ever changing. Yeah, okay. No, I understand. I understand. Um, yeah, no, Florida, if they if they got a 10-win season in their first year at Dan Mullen and they still never even knew who their quarterback was throughout a 10-win season, that's, that's a good sign. Um, 
I don't know how long until Florida really, really starts threatening Kirby Smart. Um, but I think they could get maybe to that point. I, I mean, I like what Dan Mullen does as a coach. And yeah, so, uh, but I am, uh, you know what? I'm going to take Florida. I don't. All right. The I, rest of these, I, I want to skip over the playoffs right now, even though that's the 29th. We're going to skip over there. Let's come back to them. Rapid fire. You tell me who wins until we get to the New Year's Six. You got it? Got it. Cincinnati, Virginia Tech. Uh, Cincinnati. Stanford, Pitt. Give me Stanford. Michigan State, Oregon. Give me Oregon. Missouri, Oklahoma State. Give me, uh, give me Mizzou. Pretty big. Northwestern or Utah. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna very confidently take Utah. All right. Uh, your sweetheart, NC State and Texas A&M. I'm, the most confidence I can give you in Texas A&M. I agree with every single thing you said, except I do think Northwestern is going to give Utah more of a fight than you probably think. I always kind of overrate Utah, I'm going to be honest. You do. Yeah. And you always underrate Northwestern. Even though they're nerds, they're our nerds, and we love them. Uh, we got Mississippi State at Iowa. That's the Outback Bowl. Who are you taking in that one, my friend? Mississippi State's defense is too good. I'm taking I, I agree with you, and I think... I think uh, They'll have players. Nick Fitzgerald is looking for his swan song, right? Of course. The PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. This is a big one. (laughs) You got LSU and UCF. Now, I'm going to flip your question you just asked me about Florida, Miami. Who benefits more from winning this one, LSU or UCF? (laughs) I, I really, I really, really think LSU benefits more because they didn't lose to them. Yes. That's a great that's a great way to put that. Because they didn't lose to UCF. Because that is it's not a death blow, obviously. Like, I'm not trying to say it's a death blow, like LSU can still come back strong next year. Um But you you don't you don't want to be that the next team, the next good, you know, power five team that was given a chance that failed. Like Auburn was the one that did it last year and they haven't lived it down. You right. don't want to be that team. But right. I think they will be. I, th- I, I, if you ask me today, I think UCF wins this game. Uh, I, I'm not going to take UCF here. I think LSU's defense is too good going up against a backup quarterback in UCF who struggled against Memphis when Memphis gave UCF fits twice in the same season. I think, uh, I think is LSU's a good team just too. too good. I think they've got too much firepower on defense. I'm, I'm just not buying UCF right now. My problem with that is. I don't know that not losing to UCF is enough to get LSU up enough for this game. UCF, they are, they are, I don't really know how to put this. They, they are the loudest, most obnoxious guest at the party. Yes. And all they need, they, they have to be heard. They can't show up to the party and just kind of have a good time. You know what I mean? Yes. They are coming out with everything they have because this is their national championship game. This is please, their Super Bowl. Please tell me you saw the video of Ed Orgeron telling his players to quiet down because he was in a press conference. One of the best things that's happened this season, yes. 100%. Uh, between that and twice. Pat Narduzzi saying, what's not there to love about this? Just guys being dudes. That's another one. I think that was those are fantastic videos. Was that a Dazio? That was a Dazio. You're right. It wasn't Arduzzi. I'm sorry. It was a Dazio. 
What could be better than this? Guys being dudes. That's, guys being dudes. We gotta cool. get that on the put the add that to the list. I'm doing it right now. Uh, you've got the uh, also just in case you want to know how well LSU and UCF are traveling right now to that game in Glendale, Arizona. You can get tickets for eight bucks right now if you'd like. Yeah. Eight bucks. Yeah. Kentucky and Penn State in the Citrus Bowl. I. This is going to be a rock fight, right? I, no one could be excited about this game. I actually would love to watch this game. I, I would love to watch this game. I can't. I meant players on either squads. If I'm Penn State, if I'm Kentucky, I'm thrilled to be here. Oh my gosh, we're number fourteen. We're, we're playing in a bowl game. You think Kentucky expected to play a bowl game against Penn State this year? Absolutely yes. not. Now Penn State's probably going. Ah. Uh, playing Kentucky in our bowl. Like, Kentucky's a good team. I think Kentucky got to a point where they were pretty overrated this season, but... Um, I just love that James Franklin cannot escape at the SEC East. No, he can't. To save his life, he can't do it. Um, But I'm going to take Penn State. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take Penn State as well, but I do expect uh, Kentucky to be able to run the ball quite a bit. Washington and Ohio State. I'm taking Ohio State big. Uh, in Pasadena in the Rose Bowl, I think that Dwayne Haskins is going to throw for uh, a million yards. I don't know, around there. I feel like I went to bed one night and I woke up and Washington was all of a sudden back in the top ten. <laughs> it's just like, wait, when did they get back in the top ten? What, what? After they beat Washington State. I mean, yeah, I know, I know how they got there, but it's like they were like, they were. They were an after. They were they were nothing. They didn't matter and anywhere. Nobody cared about Washington anymore. After Washington, that Auburn Washington game, if I told you you showed that, up to the dinner party, you you choked on a, a piece of steak because you didn't chew enough and you passed out, and so we put you. We you know we we gave you the Heimlich and then we locked you outside. Yep. Uh, How did you get back in after that? Washington, well, how are you at the cool kids table? If I would have told you after that Washington Auburn game that one of those teams would be and a New Year's Six Bowl, and uh, let you place a $100 bet on one team. Would you put your $100 on Washington? No, I didn't. I thought I thought Auburn was good. I thought Washington wasn't going to be good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the All-State Sugar Bowl, Georgia, I would hate to be Texas. Yeah, Man, Texas I'd has no shot Texas. in this one in my mind. I think I think Jake Fromm is about to throw for a lot of yards, and even worse than that, I think that they're going to run for a lot of yards. Yeah, I, I think I think they're going to run all over him. I, I I don't I don't usually dabble in, in sure things in college football, but I feel pretty sure that Georgia's got this one handily. You say that like eighteen twenty two year olds are unpredictable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hate, all right, I hate, I hate let's dive league. into these playoff games. The 4 o'clock game, the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic College Football Playoff Semifinal. Trevor Lawrence and the boys traveling to AT&T Stadium in Arlington to play Notre Dame. Uh, Brick, who do you have in this one and why? I have Clemson a lot. Like, not I'm not saying they're going to win by, like, 30, although I kind of feel like they will. Um, I, I just... I, I don't... We both feel like Notre Dame's not that team. That the, We haven't bought them all season. I have not bought into them. Um, there was one time, right? And we talked about Notre Dame a fair amount on this podcast, right? You know, there was a time yeah. where I was like, 
okay, you know, they beat Virginia Tech 45-23, and I was like, oh, I'm kind of starting to buy, okay, and they beat Stanford pretty good, and I started to buy them, and then they barely beat Pitt, and then they struggled for a while against Navy, and then they barely beat Northwestern, and then they killed Syracuse, but then they struggled against USC. Um, they're undefeated, and there's a lot to be said about a team that can go undefeated. They play an okay schedule. Not great, not amazing, not terrible. Um, but Clemson is just, they're just too good, right? They're just, they are just too good for Notre Dame. And I know that's shitty analysis, but I think Trevor Lawrence's, um, Heisman kind of statement starts in this game for next year. Yes. And... Yeah, no, I think I think Clemson wins this one. It's just not going to be a super fun game to watch. It's not going to be what Alabama, um, uh, Michigan State was a couple years ago. Although I think it could get to that point. Um, although Notre Dame's offense is a little better. I'm rambling a lot about this game. For me to come back around and say I think Clemson wins at like 38-17, 38-20. I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think that's a good assessment. I'm going to go 45-28. Um, and I don't think it's going to be that close. I think that Clemson's going to give up uh, some points in garbage time, but just you I know, really, Book, I really, really buy Clemson when I get to this point of the season. You know that. Yeah. Well, and but Ian Book has played a hell of a season too. Um, I'm I'm not knocking him or disrespecting him in any means. Um, I just now, don't think Notre Dame at this point has showed us any sort of semblance of a we can beat a very, very good football team. Well, um, they see, did uh, beat me, Michigan me, to start out the year. Yeah, let but me, after let me, that, nothing happened. Let me interject here because Michigan has played, a be- in my opinion, Michigan has played probably a better schedule. Um, they beat Michigan. You mean, you mean Notre Dame? Yeah, sorry. Notre Dame, I think, uh, has played well, yeah. a better. They, they, beat, they beat Michigan. They played Stanford. Stanford's a good team. Um, Syracuse turned into a good team this year. I mean, Clemson played them too and killed them, but Clemson has not been tested. That's my other thing is Trevor Lawrence really has not had a kitchen sink thrown at him yet. I don't think he's had, he did almost snap his collarbone in half his first start, but yes, but I don't, you know what I mean? I don't think he's really played a great quality opponent in a huge game yet. So if there's one thing that I haven't learned about Clemson is that they, they've coasted through this year. And everybody thought Alabama was coasting through this year, and nobody talked about the fact that Clemson had a much worse schedule. Yes. So You're right. You're right. Alabama played the number three team in the country at one point. You have to hope as Notre Dame that you can go rattle Trevor Lawrence. Here's like That's the thing, though, is when you look at, okay, Alabama's had a a terrible schedule. They played the number three team on the road at night in the toughest place to play in college football. And shut them out. And shut them out. And everybody's talking about, oh, well, you know, they just don't play anybody. Shut up. Well, I think Shut that up. I think that narrative's over for Alabama. The, the, the problem with Alabama's schedule is they don't get to those games until late October. And right. so it's, it, it becomes a lazy kind of thing to talk about on talk shows until late November. Or late October, I mean. Uh, moving on. Moving on. The uh, Orange Bowl. The Capital One Orange Bowl down in Miami. Um we all know what's happening with this game, obviously. It's Alabama-Oklahoma. It's, it, it, is, it is the bowl game that it, people are most looking forward to, and for good reason. You've got uh, number one and number two Heisman finishers in this game. Uh, the two probably best offenses in the country. And then Oklahoma is just a very strange and weird team um, to figure out. 
You know, what yeah. What are they going to bring to the table against a team like Alabama? Um, you know, can Alabama, two is injured, can they keep up with the offense? How's the defense going to do? There's a lot to be chewed on here. How do, initial thoughts. We're going to spend a while on this game here. Initial thoughts on Alabama-Oklahoma. Uh, I think that this, uh, I, from every report that I've seen, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're, you've got more of an ear to the grindstone. It looks like Tua not only will play, but is significantly improving day by day as practice goes on. Yes, unless you believe in the conspiracy theories and that Alabama is purposely spreading misinformation out there, which is plausible. I'm not going to say you're wrong. It's it's plausible, but if you go back and watch the footage from practice across the past week, it does not look like Tua is hobbling by any stretch of the imagination. No, he's, he's rolling okay. out and throwing passes. Yeah, and Saban seems to be pretty straightforward with his progression. He's not cutting yet. He's not, he's not turning on a dime yet. He's straightforward. He's 100% straight line on the st- treadmill. He seems pretty, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, so, so okay, so let's assume that Tua is, is at 100% or as close as he's going to be this season. You know, he might not ever be 100% until the offseason. So as close as he's going to get this year. How do you feel about this game? Um, You know, I, I think... A lot of what's going to go into this game is dependent on Nick Saban. And I I feel like that's a very obvious statement, but let me digress. The Joe Moore Award is awarded to the most outstanding offensive line unit in college football every year. Do you know who that award went to this year? Uh, No. The Oklahoma Sooners offensive line. Okay. The Heisman Trophy is awarded to the most outstanding college football player in America. Do you know who that went to this year? Uh, no. Uh, that went to Kyler Murray of Oklahoma. Right. Those two things alone, I think, are giving Saban enough ca- cannon fodder to get his team up and ready to go for this game. Uh, I think there is a very strong possibility that Alabama's defense completely dismantles uh, Oklahoma in this game. I know how that sounds because Oklahoma has been so unstoppable and unbeatable and they're insane. They also almost lost to army in overtime. I get it. They're very, very good, but you give Nick Saban a month to prepare for anybody. Watch what happens. Just watch what happens. The last time I saw Nick Saban have a month to prepare for somebody and Alabama came out flat was against Ohio state in the playoff in 2014 or 15, and Blake Sims was the quarterback. Alabama very much does not have Blake Sims back there this year. I would honestly say Alabama didn't come out flat in this game. I'd say they finished flat in that game, but they actually came out and took a 14-0 lead. That's true, but you get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying, though, yes. Uh, so, you know, I, I think right now, and I think you said it very well after uh, after the SEC championship game, Alabama played their, what would you say, C-minus, D-plus game in that game and still ended up winning. And I'm not convinced that Georgia's not better than Oklahoma. I think Georgia is better than Oklahoma. This game, to me, right now, is about trends and matchups. And there is a trend that is that is slightly distressing me when it comes to Alabama in this game. Um, it, you know, most people will tell you because they, you know, if this game was paid on played on paper, Alabama's going to win this game, 62 to 45. You know, if this game was played on paper, that's because Oklahoma's defense 
is so atrocious. 108th in the country and um, and just barely has life at times. Um, and then Alabama's offense is, is just a hair probably worse than Oklahoma's. Um, but the thing that is pretty distressing me about Alabama these days, they, they, be, they started their season with this reputation of a – and they had it. I mean, they were a fast-starting team. They were up 28 nothing before you could blink. And that went away. That went away after the LSU game. They have not been that team in a couple months now. They have not been starting fast. They did not start fast against Notre Dame. Or not Notre Dame, LSU. They didn't start fast against the Citadel of all teams. They didn't start fast against Auburn, and they sure as hell didn't start fast against Georgia. They need to get back to that. If they can get back to that, they win this game easy, in my mind. Because that allows the defense a chance to rest, and they'll get in Kyler Murray's head early, and they'll force some mistakes. And before you know it, Alabama's up 21-0, and Oklahoma's pressing. And they could make it close a little while longer, but you're not going to hold two of that long. But if they come out and they play like they did against, especially if they play like they did against Georgia, but if they play like they did in the first half against Auburn for a little while, I or will the be. Citadel. You could blink, and Alabama could be down 14 nothing. Yeah. This game no, is all going to be about but... how they start. Oklahoma's going to do. They've got their. I think Oklahoma is what they are. You're going to get what you get with Oklahoma. They could, uh, you know, they're going to get theirs. I... There's no shutting them down. You can slow them for a while, but if Alabama's offense is not taking the defense off the field, they will put up a ton of yards. Sure. I think that the main pivot to this game is Alabama's running game. If Alabama can establish a ground game, a steady one-two punch with either Damian Harris and Josh Jacobs or Najee Harris and Josh Jacobs or Najee Harris and Damian Harris and Tua every once in a while, and maybe you run Jalen Hurts on an end around and let him throw it, if you can get into a running rhythm, if you can establish a decent offense – even if Alabama's not scoring, if they're just holding on to the ball, I think that bodes very, very well for Alabama. Give your defense a chance to rest. Give them a chance to make adjustments. Oklahoma's going to come out and score. Here's here's why I think no Alabama's one's, offense No one's is, confused about that. But I think, if you just limit those opportunities, I think you have a good chance of winning this game if you're Alabama. Yeah, sorry. I was I didn't mean to not let you finish. Um, no, you're fine. You're fine. Here's, here's, a, here's a huge reason I think Alabama's offense is going to get back at least closer to the way they started the season. You can you hear me? Yes. Okay. The pressure of winning a Heisman has been lifted. They didn't win it. They don't. You want to tell me that Alabama wasn't thinking about winning two of this Heisman? They absolutely were. You can tell uh, in their play calling those last. They they were they they were running way too many deep routes. I mean, he was just he was just throwing in. He was just trying to get the big touchdowns. They were they weren't running the ball enough. They weren't doing what was working. They were, you know, now usually Tua throwing the ball deep is working, and that's better than nothing. But I think they'll get back to what they were doing at the beginning of the year when the pressure wasn't there. I could see it. I very much could. And again, I think that I think if you give Nick Saban a month off, it, it really does help. It really does make a difference. And here's the uh, other thing. Oklahoma's defense is bad, but it's opportunistic. They're not it bad is. getting turnovers. They're just bad at stopping you. But they'll make a big play every now and again because they play so out of place that sometimes they're so out of place they'll make a huge play. So I yeah, I I I just I don't I don't know how this game's going to go script for script. But 
something in my heart, and I'm giving my score prediction right now, just tells me that Alabama's going to come in a little bit more poised and a little bit more... Uh, I don't want to say they will have more of a game plan, but their game plan is not going to be hinged around one player like Oklahoma's is. I think if you're Alabama, you can come out on offense. You can run the ball or pass the ball, establish a decent offense, keep Oklahoma off the field and win the game. I'm giving Alabama a 10-point win. I'm going to say it is 52-42 at the end of this one. 52-42. I think most college football fans would be very okay with that kind of game here. Despite the outcome, I'm actually going to go. I mean, I'm going to pick Alabama by more points, but I will be very closely watching to how they start this game. And I do think that they're focused, and I do think that the team is 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 very motivated. You can hear it in the uh, interviews. You know, Mac Wilson especially. At first, it was they were mad that uh, Tua didn't win the Heisman. Now they're mad that people are suggesting that this might be a shootout. Well, no, we've been a great defense. You know, now you're telling me that they're going to put up 40 points automatically. So, um. No, I actually think Alabama wins this game fairly handily, unless they start off super slow and if they play anything like they did against Georgia. Um, I'm going to keep ranting. They actually didn't start off slow against Georgia. They just shot themselves in the foot. They could have quickly been up 7 nothing in that game. Right. You had Ersmith dropping that ball when he was wide open and then Tua throwing – well, he threw. He eventually threw two picks, but threw a pick, uh, you know. On like the 8-yard line. Yeah, right, at the goal line. Yeah. You know. So, so it's, it was a lot of mistakes. And like we said, it's it, Alabama was playing their C minus D plus game and still found a way to win against a team that I think is better than Oklahoma. That's why I'm going to give Alabama the edge. Yeah. I'm going 45, 28. I like it. I like it. All right. We're out of our bowl season. We will talk more, uh, before the national championship, but for right now it was early signing day. I do want to spend a couple minutes on this and go over it. Alabama wrecking in an insane class. Some people calling it Nick Saban's best class ever. Um, his is, you know, uh, 26 total commits, three, five stars, 24 stars already. I mean, it's, it's an insane class brick. You're there. Tell me what people are saying down in Tuscaloosa. Um, it was a good signing day. It had the potential to be great. It was good. And, and there were some surprises and there were some pri- some surprises, good and bad. Um, if, we're, if we're specifically looking at Alabama, um, early in the week, earlier before uh, it was over the weekend, Kayvon Thibodeau, the number one recruit in the country, did choose Oregon over Alabama. Um, they had the guy Clay Webb in their own backyard take Georgia. Um, they had Nicobe Dean. He went to Georgia as well. Georgia had a great signing day as well. Um, but the big thing was they got Trey Sanders, which a lot of people thought he was going to pick Georgia, myself included, number one running back in the country. Um, they flipped a guy named Jordan Battle from Ohio State, yes, which is great. But at the same time, yeah. the guy that they're saying is probably going to be the next Derwin James flipped back to Michigan after flipping to Alabama ten days earlier than that. So um, good signing day though, and a top to bottom class. I think they're going to finish with the number one class. Um, uh, yeah, Trey Sand getting Trey Sanders was huge for Alabama. Yes, and just it, it, and it was you know Alabama can take any running back and, and put up yards with them. I think it was big in the. Last year, they didn't win any battles. It was a weird year for Alabama recruiting. I think they finished fourth in the country. Um, I don't know that the staff anticipated the early signing day the way that Georgia did. Georgia was all over it, and they dominated. And they Alabama kept losing battles to Georgia. You know, they were getting guys, but the big ones, the big guys, the big five stars, the headliners, 
kept picking Georgia. And it it almost happened four times this week. And it did have, I mean, they got three of them, but Alabama finally got one over them. And um, Texas A&M, another team to look at recruiting-wise. I think they're the clear-cut team to be the biggest threat to Alabama in the West next year, Texas A&M. I think they take a huge jump next year. And they've got the number two class in the country, Georgia's third. And I don't remember who's after that, but... um, yeah, yeah, you've got you've got Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M, LSU, uh, Clemson, Oklahoma, Oregon, Texas, Michigan, and then Penn State robs, uh, excuse me, wraps up your top 10. I do want to mention one thing right quick. Yeah. Out of the top 20, Alabama is guaranteed to play one, two, three, four, five teams out of the top 20. Guaranteed every single season. They also, South Carolina, Florida, and Georgia are all in the top 20 as well. So say Alabama wins the SEC West for the next three, four years. They're going to play seven teams out of the top 20. Yeah, that's why it's such an arms race. At least once a year, every single year. That's that's why recruiting is is so important. Some people people downplay it. But, you know, it's... You know, and we Nick call Saban's those a great coach. NFL fans. Yeah, Nick, Nick Saban's a great coach. Don't get me wrong. But there's also a reason his teams have been so good. Right? He's not, you know, he, he's not working with what Bill Snyder's working with. You know. Right. Nick Saban's got a bunch of Ferraris on his team. And he's a great, and part of his prowess is that he's a great recruiter. Right. But Alabama doesn't win these titles if he's not getting these recruiting classes. That's point blank. Right. So you're right. You're right. Uh, so that's that's recruiting so far. It'll be interesting to see how it winds up. Uh, February sixth uh, is recruiting um, National Signing Day uh, and the end of recruiting for that class. So it'll be interesting to see how things wind up. But if you're an Alabama fan, you got to be loving what you're seeing right now. Um, the empire only getting stronger. Yeah. That's that. Yeah, no, yeah, Any, sorry. I agree. You anything else we need to talk about, discuss, go over? Um, as far as uh, college football, no. Uh, what do you think Bryce Harper and Manny Machado sign? Ooh. Bryce Harper is definitely going to be a Miami Marlin, right? Yes, I mean, there's that's been it, – it is known. Harper. I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Because I, I keep hearing and I keep reading different and conflicting reports about Harper. Um, you know what's, what's going to be depressing about this whole thing? Is when Harper goes to the Dodgers and Machado goes to the Yankees. Maybe the Reds? I don't think the... I know... I mean, the, the Reds just got Puig. Yeah, I think they just played themselves out of uh, out of being able to afford them with that move. I think that was a move for the the Dodgers to yeah, try to be able right. to afford um, uh, Harper a little better. No, uh, Machado reportedly is between the Yankees, the Phillies, and the White Sox, and he's going to say it after the new year. And then I don't I think really the White Sox. I would love to see him go to the White Sox. I, I think I think he wants to go somewhere where he's going to be the guy. Maybe I I can't claim to know. Machado's uh, personality enough. His psyche, yeah. yeah. I mean, the Braves are going to maybe win the division and then completely fall apart in the playoffs like every year since I've been born. Minus <laughs> 95. 
minus 95 when you were not really able to actually retain two. baseball. <laughs> I was two years old. Do you have a sound off for me today? Um, do, do you have one? I, I do and I don't. Okay, we'll give it anyway. Okay. So, a new place opened in Durham, right? Usually, I'm not a big brewery guy. I'm not a big beer guy. I'm not someone who goes out and gets plastered drunk and, you know, I'll have a beer, two beers, maybe. Never enough to the point where I need to call an Uber. If it ever gets to that point, I'll drink five or six waters, sober up. I think that's happened, like, maybe two or three times, right? Uh, there's a new brewery open. I like it because it has the soccer billiards, the like life-size billiards, right? Yeah. You've got mini shuffleboard, you know, where you slide the little discs across. You got ping pong. It's a big old like warehouse type place. It's a brewery. The beer's fine. Again, I'm not a big beer drinker. The past two times I've been there, people keep bringing their kids. And like, it's, I go back and forth. Is it a restaurant at the same time? No. No. Okay. It is a brewery. Yeah. And there is ping pong, and I get it. Like, I get it. You want to bring the kids along because you don't want to pay for a babysitter. Maybe you want to try and bond with your kids. But it just seems weird. That's No, that feels weird to me. Right? But it's it's not something for me to get angry about to be a sound off because they're not hurting anybody. The kids aren't running around screaming. They're not losing their minds. They're not breaking anything. They're not being loud. But it's just something about it. I'm just like, really? Yeah, but it's not about the kids behaving. It's a strange place to bring a child because you can't be sure that all the adults there are behaving. Yeah. You don't know what they're going to see at the brewery. Yeah. You know, and, and somebody at the table like next to him like, like swore the other night. They're like, ah, shit. And they like shot him a glance, and I was like, "You brought your kid to a brewery." Yeah, no, you're, yeah. What are you thinking? You know, I, I don't know. You've seen bathrooms at these kind of places. It's disgusting. That you've seen what people will do in the bathrooms sometimes, right? I, like I said, I'm not angry enough about it to be like, "Oh, that's my sound off." I'm so pissed. But it was just like, "What are you doing?" I don't know. Thank you, Shannon and Andy Norwood, for never taking me to a brewery. That's my sound off. <laughs> my my sound off is uh, if you're on the road and you are turning, you know how certain turn lanes, especially in, in areas of the road where you're moving a little bit faster, have longer turn lanes. you got the dotted line, and then it turns solid. Then you're supposed to turn. Sure. Get into that thing. Don't coast over barely and then wait to the light like get into the turn lane and move on with your life because then everybody because you're slowing down because you have to turn but now you're slowing down in the middle of the part of the road we're using i have a lot of driving pet peeves i don't have like terrible road rage or anything but i also have a problem i i i have to verbalize when i'm annoyed at a driver i don't know how to not to i i have to do it and I'm just like, my wife's like, I don't even think things like this. Lane will say it all the time. I, I don't even think these thoughts on the road. And I'm sitting here just like, why aren't they just getting into it? They know they're turning. So why are they taking their sweet time getting into the thing so that all of us got to slam on our brakes because you have to slow down in the middle of the, ro- the, the road. You're slowing in the road. Ah, 
I got more heated about that than I thought, but it just drives me insane. That's just one. I mean, I could do, I could do an entire year's worth of podcast with sound off just on driving, but that's the one that that got me today. I'm. You know what? That's my challenge for you for next year. <laughs> Make them. All I want driving. every sound off you give me to be about driving. I don't claim to be a perfect driver. I mean, I've had my fair of goofs. I've never gotten in a wreck, and I've got a pretty clean record. I think I've gotten one speeding ticket. Um, and then when I was like 16, I, I that, rolled through. A, when I was like 16, I rolled through a stop sign. So that's the two times I've really been pulled over for traffic violations. Um, and that's in, you know, 11 years now. But still, it's just know, know the impact you're having on other people on the road. You're not the only one there. If you are slowing down in the middle of the road and not getting into the turn lane, so are all 15 other people trying to Christmas shop on December 22nd. You know, it's a busy road. It's 5.30. Get into the turn lane. Move with a little purpose and know your impact on other people. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice here. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's great advice. Thank among you. the holidays. Thank you. Happy slash Merry Chris Mahana Kwanzaa, Don. You can find us on social media. We're on Twitter at PI underscore podcast. On Facebook at Pat's Interference. That's P-A-T, Posh V-S Interference. You can go to our website at patsinterference.com. You can also send us an email at patsinterference at gmail.com. If you want to call us, too bad. We just gave you a bunch of ways to contact us. We're losers. We're always checking our phones. We will get back to you. Don't forget to go on iTunes and leave us a uh, a rating, hopefully five stars. You can give lefts if you want, but to be honest, you'd just be kind of left out because everybody else is giving us five stars, just saying. Yeah, uh, thank you, you so much for guy. listening. We hope you have a happy holidays, uh, a Merry Christmas, and all that jazz with your family. Uh, and Brick, for the number one podcast in Yemen. Thank you for listening. Talk to you next time.